this is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, May 27th, 2019. Make sure you're following the show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today we have a very special guest. Jill Angie is an author, certified running coach, and a personal trainer who wants to live in a world where everyone is free to feel fit and fabulous at any size. She started the Not Your Average Runner movement to show that runners come in all shapes, sizes, and speeds. Jill is featured in Plus Size Fashion Retailers Avenue's latest confidence series spring campaign. The campaign is currently being featured nationwide at Avenue stores and on the June 2019 cover of Queen Size Magazine. Let's welcome Jill to the show. Hi, Jill. Hi, Shanice. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. Awesome. So let's start from the very beginning of your journey. So tell us about your background and your life before you even started running. Um, I've had a complicated relationship with running (laughs) for probably 30 years. Um, And I started running when I was in my twenties because I thought that was the way I sh- I should lose weight. Cause I thought I had to lose weight to be happy. And so I would run and have a hard time with it and quit. And I, I just kind of like did that for, for probably 10 years. And then eventually I figured out that maybe I could actually just be happy without having to like, lose weight or get skinny or look the way other people thought I should look. And uh, that was the point where I thought, Oh, actually I kind of like running. And when I, when I do it without the intention of losing weight and without the intention of kind of fitting into somebody else's mold of what it should look like, it was extremely fun and rewarding. And uh, so, but that took a while (laughs) kind of had to figure it out on my own. It was before the internet uh, was, you know, it was before Facebook and all that stuff. And so, yeah, so it's been, it's been complicated, but very, very rewarding. So before you even started your brand with running, what were you doing professionally? What is your background is? Cause I know you didn't grow up to say, I want to have a brand for runners. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh, so I worked for about 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry. I was a quality assurance manager, and I I flew around to different manufacturing plants and oversaw the product that they were putting out. It's like totally different. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you initially started running to lose weight, and you said you despised it, which I am sure many of my listeners can relate to. So what was it? What was your aha moment? when you wanted to change your mindset? So the aha moment came 
when I was in 2009 and I was at the heaviest that I'd ever been. And I had a bunch of friends that were signing up to do the breast cancer three day walk where you walk 20 miles and then you camp overnight and then you walk 20 miles the next day and you camp overnight and then you do it again the third day. And I thought, Oh, like, like, a, you know, my habitual thinking, I thought, Oh, that'll be a great way for me to lose weight. So I hired a personal trainer and I started working with her to help get me in shape for this, you know, the 60 mile walk that I was going to do. And I didn't lose any weight, but she started, she got me into yoga and she just started talking to me about, you know, why, why is it so important to you to lose weight? And, and which is funny because she was really super tiny herself, but I, I felt very comfortable around her. I didn't feel like she was judging me or, or anything like that. And so we just talked a lot about body image and confidence and self-esteem. And she, there wasn't really an aha moment, but it was through the process of doing yoga and learning how to stop judging my body that way and to stop judging everything about myself that I kind of realized, like, I actually like running and, um, and I don't have to, you know, I, I, I always, I keep coming back to saying like, I don't have to fit in somebody else's mold, but really that's it. Because I think when I, when I was running, when I was younger, I felt that I had to be super fast or, um, I, I think that's what I thought. I had to be fast and I had to run for a long time and I couldn't really go for more than 30 seconds at a time. And so I was very embarrassed to that. And I just, I just hated it because it was always, it always felt like failure, but learning yoga and talking to my, um, very body size inclusive personal trainer helped me realize that it was just really how I was thinking about it that had to change and nothing about my body had to change. Now, you said something just now that stuck out to me. You said you like to run now. Now, be specific. <laughs> Tell me, because that's like a foreign language when I hear you say that, that you like running because I think about sweating. I'm going to mess my hair up. My back's going to be hurting. You know, my boobs are too big. Now, tell me, how can you like running? <laughs> I do get that question a lot. So there's a lot that goes into it, right? When I go out for a run, I, I have, I always make sure I have the right gear. I wear a sports bra that's basically has, cause I have like a, you know, an H cup. <laughs> I do not have small yeah. boobs and, and I have a bra that like locks them into place. So I don't have to worry about that. And, um, and then I make sure that I go at a pace that is like, comfortable to me I go at a pace that I don't feel like I'm gonna have to like lean over and throw up <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. about slowing yourself down and then also I do a run walk approach and so and this is something that is becoming really really popular in the running world not just for beginners but for more experienced runners who want to ease up the the stress on their joints and be able to run like into their 70s or 80s and so I I have you know I have a timer on my phone and I run for, a, for mm -hmm. a short period and then I walk for a short period and I just kind of keep doing that. And that allows me to stick with it for really long periods of time. I've done several half marathons that way and it, it really feels good. And then here's the other fun thing, like endorphins are really the body's response to, to pain. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like when you can get past that first like 10 minutes of it, if you can get through it then your body starts to produce endorphins and it actually does start to feel, you know, it, it, 
I wouldn't say it feels like super pleasurable. It's not that kind of um, sensation, <laughs> but, but you sort of get like a little bit of, um, it just feels good. I guess it feels good to like, once you get past that initial warm up period, it feels good to move your body. It feels good to be outside. Um, I love it when I see other runners and I can like wave to them and say, hi, I love being able to like run two places instead of having to drive there like oh I want to go get some coffee I'll run to the coffee shop I'll have some coffee and I'll run home it's it's very liberating mm, okay so <laughs> you sound skeptical <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know I'm just not in that world so it's just so different hearing you say that so once you got involved in the running community there weren't a lot of people in it that looked like you now, you said you've been in the community, running community for a while. Has that changed now? It has changed significantly. Um, I mean, it, I think probably in 2010 was when I did my very first triathlon. And I, there were about 5,000 women. It was a women-only race. There were about 5,000 there. And I was the largest woman by far. Now, when I do races, uh, I haven't done a triathlon in a few years, but every other race that I do, when I show up, there are a lot more people that look like me. And so I think that the tide is changing. And the other thing, especially with, uh, with races like half marathons, where, you know, if you're a slower runner, it's going to take you three or maybe four hours to complete it. And there's a lot of races out there now that are allowing longer time limits. And so they're becoming a lot more friendly to slower runners, to, to overweight runners that, you know, that, that are running, maybe a 15 or a 16 minute mile. So yeah, so the running community is becoming a lot more inclusive. It's not perfect yet for sure. <laughs> so I don't, on a daily basis, I hear people complaining because they'll sign up for a race and then, the, then there won't be a race t-shirt in their size or, um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, they just, there was just a big scandal with the London marathon because they said, Oh, you know, you can have up to like seven and a half hours to finish, but then they started packing everything up at about six hours and, some of the workers were actually yelling at the slower runners in the back and they're like, Hey, you know, we paid our money and you said it was okay. So this is, so there's still a right. lot of stuff like that going on, but, but things are definitely changing uh, for the better. And I think, cause there's a lot of, there's quite a few of us out there like myself. Uh, Myrna Valerio is another like really bright shining star in the, the plus size running community. She was just recently featured as um uh, on National Geographic, like as a as an adventurer of the year. So there's like a lot of voices out there that are speaking loud enough. I think that um, that race directors are listening, the wider running community is listening, and then more important, the the plus size folks that are thinking, hey, I want to do this. They now have a role model to to kind of look and see, hey, that person with with the same type of body as me can do this. Maybe I can do it too. Now, you decided to write a book about it, and was the inspiration because you didn't see a lot of people that looked like you running and you wanted to um, encourage others to do so? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't actually becoming a running become a running coach right away. The first thing I did uh, when I left pharmaceuticals was become a personal trainer. And I thought, I'm just going to uh, train plus-size women. I'm going to help them feel better about their bodies and get stronger and so forth. And uh, 
and I realized that nobody, I, I just like looked around and realized that I'm a runner and there's nobody out there that looks like me running, or at least there's nobody out there talking about it in public. So I, I think I asked one of my clients, I can't remember who it was that I asked, but I said, Hey, if I wrote a book about how you can be fat and be a runner, is that something you would read? And she looked at me and she said, hell yeah, that's something I would read. And so I thought, all right, I got to do this. It was very popular, so from, too. I was surprised. <laughs> and the name of your very first book was, is it Curvy Runner? Um, it was, The original name of it was Running with Curves, and then we actually uh, reissued it a couple years ago under the name Not Your Average Runner. So it's basically the same book, but it's got a new, uh, new cover and a little bit of new text and then a new title. So Not Your Average Runner is actually my first book. Now, why the um, rebrand was the rebrand and the name change, which ended up being the name of your entire movement. Was that strategic? Um, it was, it was sort of instigated by a couple things. One is there's another business out there with a similar name that I didn't realize when I, when I started it. And the other okay. is that um, I wanted it to be something that includes people who like not everybody wants to say like, Hey, I'm a fat runner. Like there's plenty of slower runners out there that maybe, you know, saying running with curves wouldn't necessarily appeal to them. But if I say not your average runner, it would. And so, yes, yeah, so it was part, partly tactical, um, but it was precipitated by another business <laughs> contacting me. And yeah. I said, Oh, I don't want to be that person that's, you know, that's interfering. So we, uh, so we rebranded, but I think the rebrand is much more, um, it, much more inclusive, a eh? like you don't have to be a fat girl to read my book and run, and run. Um, but it also speaks more to what we're all about as a movement. And also, not your average runner with that name, it could appeal to men too who might not connect with curvy. That's absolutely correct. And I get so many guys reaching out to me saying, "Hey, will you train me?" But right now, my community that I that I uh, train women in is all. It's all women. I don't really let guys in, but um, it's something we're working on. <laughs> but if there's any okay. guys listening to this right now, you have to check out Martinez Evans, 300 Pounds and Running, because he has a podcast and he's basically um, sort of leading the leading the charge for the men. So do you consider yourself a part of the plus size and body positivity community? Because sometimes promoting fitness can come with a backlash in this community. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I consider myself like what body positive means to me is uh, working to appreciate and find yourself worthy, no matter what your size. It, to me, it does not exclude the possibility that you might want to lose weight or that you might want to exercise. I think those are personal choices. So I think that, not Your Average Runner is very body positive because our message is you don't need to be uh, a certain weight to start running. You can do it in the body you have right now. And that's sort of what we promote. And we don't necessarily tell people that like you're going to lose weight through running because a lot of times people don't because they, they go running and they get hungrier because they're running a lot and they end up gaining weight. And like, I, I don't really, I don't really mess around too much with, with, you know, showing people how to lose weight because I feel like their weight is really none of my business. I want to show people that you can just be a runner at any shape and size. Right. And also you said you've been running for a long time, but you're still a curvy woman. 
I am a very curvy woman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so let's talk about some of the programs you have. Um, Cause I took a look at your website. What is the run your best life? Okay. So that is my, that's my coaching community where I actually work with clients and it's uh, it's kind of like a gym membership except it's online and it's all about running <laughs> um, we don't talk much about you know cycling or anything like that in there but what we do in that group is we I, I help my clients not just run the way they want to run but I help them work on their mindset so we talk a lot about confidence and motivation and self-esteem and what I like to call the inner mean girl which is a lot of the negative self-talk that we all here. And so in addition to running, um, I'm also, I'm, in addition to being a running coach, I'm also a life coach. And that really, I love being a life coach. It's just my favorite thing. And so I use my life coaching tools to help the women in the Run Your Best Life community learn how to really quiet the negative self-talk and, and kind of manage their mindset. Because running is, I, running is like maybe... 20% physical and about 80% mental, right? It's mm -hmm. all about, do I like to run? I'm uncomfortable when I'm running. And then like your brain has all kinds of things to say about, I'm sweaty. This is hard. My, my legs hurt. Right. And so running, mm -hmm. so life coaching is all about, you know, using tools to manage your thinking so that you can get the heck out of your own way and do the things that you want to do. Now, what is your virtual 5K? Oh, that's super fun. So the other thing that's kind of challenging for uh, for runners, especially the ones that live sort of in the Midwest, in the, in the states that have like a lot of land and not a lot of people, is that there aren't a lot of races that you can do. Just, you know, if you live like on the East Coast, like I do, you know, every weekend you can go out and there's a 5K or a half marathon and you can just do whatever you want. But not everybody has access to that if they live in a rural area or if they, you know, just live in a, um, or if they live in a place where they have winter for half the year and they don't want to run outside. So a virtual 5K is basically a chance for you to do a race and get uh, rewarded with a finisher's medal and sort of do it on your own terms. So you can do it on a treadmill, you know, at your local track, you can do it outside. If you're somebody who works on a Saturday and Sunday morning, you might not be able to go to, to any of the local races because you're always busy. So we do these virtual races so that people can go out and like run a race, like as if it's a race, like really push themselves and, and challenge themselves and then get a, a finisher's medal as a reward. You also started a podcast. Tell us about that. <laughs> I love my podcast. So that's, I think that's just another opportunity for me to spread the word that you can be, you can be fat and you can run. <laughs> and what I do in the podcast, they talk a lot about running. And then I also talk about the mental tools that I teach uh, to my clients as well. And so we, as a company, not your average runner, um, Earlier this year, we set a goal of getting a million more women up and running. And so the podcast and the books and so forth, all those resources are just our way of touching as many women as possible and inspiring them to to run if that's something that they've always wanted to do. Now, do you 
in your community, when you are encouraging women to run, do you ever touch on the subject of safety? Because just running alone sometimes can be dangerous. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, especially if you live, you know, in an urban area, you know, sometimes there's just a lot of people around. And you just like, you can't, you can't really tell like who you can trust or not, especially when you're running and you've got your headphones in and you're sort of focused on yourself. We kind of lose track of what's going on around us. So I, I recently just interviewed somebody who was attacked when she was running and she managed to struggle her way free. And then she has, she herself has decided that she wants to teach all women self-defense. So what I recommend is t- for sure take a self-defense class and they're everywhere. If there's a karate studio near you, there's, there's going to be, um, you know, women's self-defense classes. And then also there are things that you can carry with you that can make you feel safer and give you like options. There are these, um, you can bring pepper spray, you can bring a, a, like a little horn alarm that like makes a really loud noise. You can bring, uh, they call them kitty cat, kitty cat keychains, which are basically plastic. They fit over your knuckles and then the ears are sharp. So if, you know, if somebody comes at you, you've got that. So there's certainly, you know, I'm using air quotes, which you can't see, but weapons, I guess, that you can bring with you. I don't necessarily <laughs> recommend bringing a knife or a gun because um, I, just because I personally don't feel comfortable using those things. I think bringing a gun when you're running, you know, if you trip and fall, I don't know if there's a possibility you could shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> So it doesn't right. seem like the wisest thing to me, but I know there are people that do it. I know there are several several of my clients that carry knives. Um, but also being aware of your surroundings at all times. So if you're running by yourself and if you're in like an isolated park and there's nobody else around, like leave a headphone out so you can hear somebody approaching. Um, make sure that you don't run close to the tree line. Make sure that you're always, you know, kind of looking around and seeing what your surroundings are you know, who's in your surroundings. And if you ever, cause this happened to me one time, I actually was out running in a park all by myself and there were no other cars in the parking lot, but there was one other person in the park and it was a man. And I just, I passed him and he kind of had his, his hood and it was a warm day, but he had this big like parka and he had the, the hood pulled over his face. And I was like, something is not right about this guy. And so I decided to swing around and run back to my car. And as I was, as I was like running towards my car, I spotted him on the other side of my car, walking towards me with a two by four. And I thought, all right, that wow. was, <laughs> that was a very good instinct. And I, I sprinted to my car and I, I hopped in and I drove out. And as I was driving out, I looked in the back mirror and I saw him like drop the two by four and walk away. So it was very clear what his intentions were, but I think the reason I could have argued with myself in the moment and said, Oh, you know, Jill, don't be stupid. He's like, he's not harmful. Like stop being such a fraidy cat. But I like, I could just feel all the hair on the back of my neck go up. And I thought this man does not have the best of intentions and I'm here by myself. And so if you're in a situation where, you know, like there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you see somebody coming towards you, like, like giving them room or make eye contact with them. Or if you're carrying one of those keychains, make sure they can see it and just be aware because women are definitely at, we are at a disadvantage when it comes to, to safety because <laughs> we're not the ones out there stalking other people. It's usually, uh, mm-hmm. usually men that are, you know, that, that have, and they, you know, what they just want is to just, uh, they, I don't know. We, this is probably not a good topic to be talking. 
talking about and many opinions, but my bottom line is listen to your gut instinct and there's nothing wrong with just getting the heck out of there if you don't feel comfortable. And so running is your whole life now. Is this your um, full-time thing? Are you a full-time entrepreneur now? I am. Yep. This is, I live and breathe, uh, not your average runner. <laughs> my, and I mean, it is my, uh, it's my business, but it's also my baby. I think when I worked in corporate world, I felt, you know, good about what I was doing. We were, I worked on a lot of cancer drugs. And so I felt like, yeah, I'm contributing to society. But with this, this is like my passion project. And I just like, I think about my clients all the time. I think about like, how can I help them better? How can I, um, you know, how can I help the followers that I have, like the people that listen to the podcast, what can I do for them? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of my mission in life. <laughs> and now you have a new title to add to your resume, plus size model. I know. You are featured in the spring campaign for Avenue's Confidence Series. Now, did you have a relationship with the Avenue prior to this opportunity? I did not to be honest. And I'd never really shopped in Avenue stores, although now I'm like literally wearing an Avenue outfit right now because I've discovered them as a result of this. But they reached out to me and they said that they were looking for uh, for women that show a lot of confidence and sort of are, uh, I guess, role models for confidence in, you know, in the world. And they reached out and said, would you be interested in participating? And I thought, Okay, like oh, I was like a little so nervous, you just and I randomly, randomly got an email from the Avenue to be in their that campaign. That is correct, just out of the blue, wow. and we did the, the photo shoot happened like I don't like four days later. It was very fast because it was in New York, and I'm like I'm really close to New York City. It was, it was pretty easy, but yeah, it was out of the blue, super fun. So, <laughs> did you feel like you were out of your comfort zone on the day of the shoot? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I. Assume you would wear active wear and no makeup every day. Um, so I do pretty much wear active wear and no makeup every day, but I do like to dress up. And I think my years in corporate, you know, gave me the desire to, to dress up a lot. And it this was not actually my first modeling gig. I've done it uh, a couple times before, but specifically for active wear brands. And uh, in, in January, I actually was uh, a swimsuit model which that was way out of my comfort zone but but most of those were like a little like sort of smaller setups and so forth and so when I went to the avenue shoot it was in New York City I was with two professional models who um Maddie Jones and Yasmeen Arrington who were just fabulous and amazing and uh, so it was a definitely a different experience on a whole new level from what I'd um done before it was really really fun Wow, well, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. So, Jill, tell me, what is the ultimate goal with your career and brand? I just want women to understand that they get to decide their own worth, (laughs) that they get to, um, that they don't have to live up to the media or society's expectation of what beauty is of what they should be confident about. And I want to inspire them to move their bodies. If that's, you know, to just at least to try it out and see if it's something they like, maybe running's not for everybody, but I think it's worth trying just to, to say, yeah, I did that thing. And, uh, and I'm really proud of it. So I think for me, my, my, my goal is to just 
help other women feel as good about themselves as I feel about myself. Pretty much it. Now, do you have, do you have anything else happening we can be on the lookout for? Anything I didn't mention you want to talk about briefly? Um, well, let's see. We are just uh, kicking off next month a half marathon training program in Run Your Best Life. And so for anybody who thought, oh, gosh, I might want to do a half marathon, like now is probably the time because it's going to be uh, it's going to be super fun. And yeah, we've got like a few irons in the fire that I can't really talk about publicly, but uh, if you head over and like follow, follow Not Your Average Runner on Instagram and, uh, or if you head over to my website, I have a free training plan that you can sign up for and then that'll put you on the list to get notified when we, when we have cool new things coming up. Cause uh, we're, we're just talking to some investors about a really big thing that we're hoping to launch next year, but I can't say it out loud. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll have to come back on the show when you launch it. I want the exclusive interview. I promise I will. (laughs) So tell us your official website and all of your social media pages. Okay. So the website is notyouraveragerunner.com. And uh, pretty much everything you need to know is there if you're interested in looking at Run Your Best Life or – if you're interested in looking at the virtual race, so that's not your average runner.com. And then you can grab a free six week training plan right there, which is uh, designed for absolute beginners to get up and running. And then you can also find me on Instagram at not your average runner. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash not your average runner. And, uh, I think we're on Pinterest now too. I'm not, but so my, uh, my assistant has like, been creating a whole Pinterest thing. So I think we're there, which is, but I think it might be um, not, I think it might be NYA runner because yeah, I think that's it. So it's Pinterest.com slash NYA runner. And are you on Twitter? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I personally don't go and tweet. So I think like our podcast episodes will go to Twitter. Um, but I don't really spend a lot of time there. I don't understand Twitter. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed speaking with you and continued success with everything you have going on. Oh, thank you so much. Same to you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest Jill Angie make sure you check out Not Your Average Runner and everything she has going on and her latest campaign with the Avenue that's in stores nationwide I've been your host this evening Shanice Lewis thank you for tuning in and supporting until next time keep thriving in your curves and be blessed You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. 
It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.